Welcome to the National Vaccine Information Center's podcast series, Vaccination, Politics, Money, and Media Bias. These podcasts are from previously recorded and referenced commentaries and articles produced by MVIC, a charitable nonprofit organization. I'm Barbara Lowe Fisher. My son was injured by DPT vaccine in 1980, and this is a reference commentary brought to you by the nonprofit National Vaccine Information Center that can be read on MVIC.org. The morning that Hurricane Ian hit the coast of Southwest Florida, the dramatic images of the raw power of Mother Nature blowing apart structures built by human hands and sweeping them into the sea were unbelievable. After hours and hours of wind, rain, and a catastrophic water surge that left a trail of destruction in its wake, I thought about how very different this natural disaster was compared to the one unleashed on the world in 2020 that also left a trail of destruction in its wake. Two disasters, one a natural disaster legally termed an act of God, and the other a disaster that three years later, people are still asking, was it natural or man-made? Whether or not the SARS-CoV-2 virus spontaneously jumped out of a bat and into a human being, or was created by scientists in a biohazard lab, one thing is clear. The chaotic response by the experts in charge has been a disaster in itself. And the people whose lives were impacted by that chaos experienced the same kind of sudden shock, fear, disorientation, isolation, and powerlessness that many people who experience a hurricane, tsunami, tornado, earthquake, or fire feel when the unexpected happens. In the middle of this hurricane, I found myself thinking about why fear of the unknown brought on by this emergency was so familiar. It was familiar because we had just experienced fear of the unknown in the winter of 2020 when we were told by public health officials that a weirdly mutated coronavirus was on the loose and would kill us if we didn't hide in our homes, wear cloth over our faces, cut off physical contact with our family and friends, keep our children out of school, and stop getting our hair cut or going to the church, exercising in a gym, entering restaurants or certain stores, and be okay with the government labeling many workers and private businesses as non-essential, which shut down our economy and threatened to plunge families into bankruptcy. The people in Florida facing a real-life threatening emergency were suddenly having to call upon emotional and physical reserves already depleted by having recently gone through another emergency in which some lost their health or their loved ones to the mutant virus or were injured by disabling COVID vaccine reactions while others lost their jobs, homes, or businesses during the 2020 lockdown that thankfully was cut short in Florida compared to many other states. The fallout from destructive federal COVID response policies on the mental health, child development, and economic stability of our nation is still being assessed. Two disasters, a natural one, and one that the world is still having trouble defining. Post-Hurricane Ian, there is a lot of analysis going on in Florida by those whose job it is to prepare for and respond to hurricanes. By most accounts, it is an honest analysis by state officials working hard to help people deal with what happened, 
rather than politicizing what happened. Last month, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control once again extended the COVID pandemic public health emergency declaration, this time until January 11, 2023. To justify keeping us living in fear, federal health officials are warning ominously that a twindemic of a more transmissible SARS-CoV-2 virus, mutant strain, combined with an especially bad influenza season, is poised to make more of us very sick this fall and winter if we don't all get a COVID shot and a flu shot at the same time. One high-ranking government doctor said with a straight face, quote, I really believe this is why God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot and the other one for the COVID shot. But Americans have grown weary of virus porn. And while the majority of Americans have gotten at least one COVID shot, polls show that just 14% of children under age five have gotten one. There are signs that Americans are questioning the ever-changing number of COVID booster shots being aggressively advertised by big pharma and government officials who are trying hard to convince us we will need to get a COVID shot every single year. In this very lucrative marketing campaign, the two mRNA COVID vaccine manufacturers, Pfizer and Moderna, raked in $50 billion in 2021 and 2022 alone, with a promise of billions more in profits in the years to come. Those two drug companies are selling a cell disruptor biological product that is called a vaccine, but in no way resembles any other vaccine that has ever been injected into humans to theoretically combat a weirdly mutated coronavirus, which is acting like no other virus that has ever infected humans. The mRNA biological has been described as transforming the body into a vaccine-making machine while one scientist explains that the rapidly mutating SARS-CoV-2 virus is essentially virus evolution on steroids. But still, nobody in charge of the COVID pandemic response seems to know exactly where this virus on steroids came from or exactly what kind of damage it or the genetically engineered components of the mRNA product are doing to the biological integrity of human populations. The mRNA COVID vaccines are associated with many ugly side effects, especially ones that compromise the blood and heart and can cause death. Online, it has been dubbed the clot shot, even as owners of social media platforms try to shut down all conversations about serious COVID vaccine reactions being reported online in the medical literature and to the US Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System known as VAERS. There have been more than 1.3 million adverse events reported to VAERS after mRNA COVID vaccinations, including heart, brain, and immune system damage and death. These 1.3 million reports represent more than half of all vaccine reactions reported for all vaccines since VAERS became operational in 1990 under the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act while less than 1% of all vaccine reactions are ever reported to VAERS. The mRNA COVID vaccine is the most reactive one ever distributed in the U.S. to the entire population.
Yet as soon as mRNA COVID products were released in December 2020 under an emergency use authorization, public health officials told people to celebrate adverse reaction symptoms, trying to convince them that those reaction symptoms means the vaccine is doing its job and will prevent them from getting sick with COVID. Nothing could be further from the truth. That lie not only persuaded people to accept COVID vaccine reactions as normal and a good thing, but it persuaded doctors to dismiss COVID vaccine related injuries and deaths as just a coincidence. Which brings us to perhaps the biggest elephant in the room. And that is how blatantly the people were lied to from the beginning about just how effective the mRNA COVID vaccines would be as government officials allowed people to believe that getting vaccinated would protect them from being infected with the new coronavirus and transmitting it to others when that was never true. In fact, it was so untrue that in 2021, CDC officials changed the centuries old definition of a vaccine from a quote, product that stimulates a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease to quote, a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response against diseases. And they convinced Merriam-Webster dictionary to do the same. That's because the FDA only required drug companies to demonstrate the COVID vaccine had at least 50% efficacy in preventing severe symptoms of COVID disease rather than preventing infection. There is a difference between a product producing immunity that prevents infection and one that stimulates an immune response but does not prevent infection, especially when you can be infected with the coronavirus and not show symptoms. With vaccine-induced immunity off the table and vaccine-adverse reactions viewed as a good thing, by the end of October 2022, the global mass vaccination system had convinced about 70% of the world's population to get at least one COVID shot. The sales force for Big Pharma's COVID vaccine marketing campaign is headquartered at the United Nations World Health Organization with de facto satellite offices in government agencies like the National Institutes of Health, Gavi Alliance, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, World Economic Forum, major universities and financial and other institutions ideologically and politically committed to imposing the Great Reset on all countries. According to Klaus Schwab, who in 1971 founded an international organization for public-private cooperation called the World Economic Forum. The world is in the middle of the fourth industrial revolution, which is, quote, characterized by a range of new technologies that are fusing the physical, digital, and biological worlds, impacting all disciplines, economies, and industries, and even challenging ideas about what it means to be human. In June 2020, Schwab proclaimed, now is the time for a great reset. Because he says in order for the world to effectively respond to the COVID-19 pandemic, governments, quote, must act swiftly to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies, from education to social contracts and working conditions.
to prepare the way for the Great Reset on October 19, 2019. The World Economic Forum, along with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Johns Hopkins University, sponsored a simulated global pandemic planning exercise in New York City called Event 201. A pandemic emergency board was assembled for Event 201 that included representatives of the United Nations, World Bank, the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, the China Centers for Disease Control, and leaders from the travel, banking, pharmaceutical, and healthcare industries. The virus selected for use in the simulated worst case scenario, global pandemic planning exercise, held three months before the World Health Organization declared a coronavirus public health emergency of international concern was the coronavirus. The nagging question is, was that just a coincidence? Clearly, it will take a lot of coordination and agreement between all governments to pull off a global Great Reset. Three years into the global COVID health emergency, it appears the global public health elite are leading the way. In September 2022, the once respected medical journal, The Lancet, published a 56-page report called The Lancet Commission on Lessons for the Future from the COVID-19 Pandemic. The first big red flag in the report is the long list of financial conflicts of interest that authors have with drug companies, government health agencies, the United Nations, and its public health agency arm, the World Health Organization, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation, and other institutions that fund or conduct vaccine research and development and promote mandatory use of vaccines. Once family-owned, the Lancet is now owned by the publishing conglomerate Elsevier, and concerns have been raised about editorial independence in light of investor ties to major banking, pharmaceutical, and biotech corporations. One critique of the Lancet Commission report was written by a public health physician who previously called out the journal in July 2022 for publishing what he described as, quote, a weekly evidenced opinion advocating medical fascism. That opinion, written by well-known compulsory vaccination proponents, called for strict enforcement of COVID vaccine mandates in the U.S. and loss of employment and school education for those who refuse to comply. The Lancet Commission was originally assembled in the summer of 2020 as an international group of global experts, primarily doctors and professors at prestigious universities who were charged with addressing the COVID pandemic. One of their first tasks was to investigate the origins of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, an endeavor they quickly abandoned because of what the authors described as, quote, divisive public discussion and unprecedented attack and pressure on commission members. Leaving that inconvenient, where did the virus come from question on the table, the Lancet Commission went on to publish a self-aggrandizing political manifesto that fails to honestly analyze what went wrong with the global COVID pandemic response, and instead basically calls for doing more of the same more quickly in the future. In a stunning demonstration of hubris and ideological bias, 
Commission members stray from their areas of expertise and call on governments to devalue individual rights and adopt a collectivist orientation that forces individuals to comply with multilateral health policies and laws adopted by the United Nations. They said, quote, all governments, regulators, and institutions must be reoriented towards society as a whole rather than the interest of individuals, a concept the commissioners call pro-sociality. This pro-sociality reorientation would, of course, require that much more money and power be given to the United Nations and the World Health Organization so global populations can be controlled by a central authority, especially during global pandemic responses. Defending their slogan, no one is safe until everybody is safe, which they claim, quote, is not mere rhetoric or a moral truth, but an epidemiological reality. They viciously attack U.S. lawmakers for being guilty of, quote, neglecting scientific evidence and needlessly risking lives with a view to keeping the economy open, and for promoting, quote, anti-science rhetoric and disinformation about COVID-19. Refusing to acknowledge legitimate public concerns about authoritarian COVID response policies that led to catastrophic social and economic chaos and damage to mental and physical health of child and adult populations. The commission complains that the World Health Organization and most governments did not move fast enough to test, identify, and isolate the infected while simultaneously putting all people in masks and locking them in their homes for a long, long time. There is no critical analysis of faulty COVID tests that did not work or bogus COVID death estimates that fail to distinguish between dying from COVID and dying with COVID or ineffective COVID treatment protocols in hospitals that made people sicker or killed them when they were inappropriately put on ventilators. While praising the public-private partnerships that fast-tracked development of COVID vaccines as a triumph, the Lancet Commission weaponizes the failed COVID pandemic response by placing most of the blame for COVID-related deaths on, you guessed it, those independent thinkers, the pharma's sales force calls anti-vaxxers. Infuriated that a lot of people in the US and Europe questioned the competence of public health officials and defied their orders to mask up, isolate for months on end, and take the COVID shot. The Lancet Commission authors alleged that anti-vaxxers, which according to Webster's Dictionary, now includes anyone who opposes mandatory vaccination, caused a, quote, epidemic of misinformation and disinformation that fostered low public trust in government officials and persuaded millions of people to repeatedly take to the streets in United Kingdom, Ireland, Netherlands, Italy, France, Germany, Austria, Denmark, Sweden, Finland, Greece, Switzerland, Canada, Australia, Bulgaria, Serbia, Poland, Romania and other nations in 2020 and 2021 to protest lockdowns and vaccine passports. They said anti-vaccine propaganda in the Americas caused, quote, tens of millions of people 
to refuse vaccines and hundreds of thousands to needlessly lose their lives. Obsessing over the lack of solidarity among governments to force everyone everywhere to march to the beat of the same drum. They express special hatred for what they describe as the quote, hostile and coordinated anti-vaccine movement that has spread dangerous and false information about the health risks of vaccines and has campaigned against vaccine mandates. Climbing up on a very high horse, the Lancet Commission members put climate change deniers and parents who refuse or delay routine childhood vaccinations in the same basket. They repeatedly condemn political leaders and the digital media for the quote, deliberate spread of misinformation and disinformation that fosters distrust in health officials and promotes the idea that individual opinions have equal weight to the best available scientific evidence. They call for application of behavioral science to convince people to engage in pro-sociality that leads to optimal behaviors for pandemic control, pointing out that people living in societies with tight or collectivist social norms follow public health orders much better than people living in societies with loose or individualistic social norms that champion freedom of individual choice. They claim future pandemics would be so much easier to handle if everyone in the world can be muzzled and locked down tight whenever government health officials fly the utilitarian flag for the greater good and demand we salute smartly and roll up our sleeves. Their diatribe against societies allowing individuals to exercise freedom of thought, speech, conscience, and autonomy would be amusing if they weren't so deadly serious about what they want done about it. Although there were some public demonstrations here in the US, they were not as big as they were in countries without a constitution that ensures a balance of power between local, state, and federal government. Americans stopped COVID vaccine mandates in 2021 and 2022 because state legislators who make public health laws looked at the science, listened to concerns of their constituents, and refused to mandate the vaccine. Although several US governors and city mayors issued executive orders mandating COVID vaccine, and the federal government attempted to mandate the vaccine for all federal employees and contractors. No state legislature voted to mandate the vaccine this year. The online MVIC advocacy portal launched in 2010 to help citizens in every state defend vaccine informed consent rights and exemptions in public health laws had a lot to do with holding back COVID vaccine mandates and passports in the US when populations in other countries with centralized political control could not. It doesn't take a PhD in political science to figure out that what the public health elite is calling for would require Americans to reject the cultural values and beliefs and governmental structure outlined in the US Constitution, which provides decentralized checks and balances on political power and guarantees individuals God-given natural rights that limit the power of government. The public health empire is all about appropriating centralized power that can be wielded without accountability. That is why the Lancet Commission demands that the United States of America 
reorient toward a collectivist society which would require disempowering local and state governments so that only the federal government, in solidarity with the United Nations, of course, has the authority to make public health laws and tell citizens what to think about and believe and do with their bodies and the bodies of their children. Accompanying the Lancet Commission report was a Lancet editorial entitled COVID-19, The Case for pro-sociality. And if you do a Google search using the words pro-sociality and communism, what you find at the top is an article published in Frontiers in Psychology in September 22, titled, How Pro-Social Behaviors Are Maintained in China, The Relationship Between Communist Authority and Pro-Sociality. The authors note how pro-social behavior is associated with religious belief and argue that communist authority wielded by the ruling Communist Party of China has a positive effect on promoting pro-social behaviors in a secular, atheist society. They say studies show that, quote, the psychological functions of gods and governments are interchangeable. Thank you, Lancet Commission, for making the political goals of the public health empire so crystal clear. I've been saying for many years that mandatory vaccination is the tip of the spear in the culture wars taking place in this country and others in the 21st century. Because if the state can tag, track down, and force individuals against their will, to be injected with biologicals of known and unknown toxicity today, then there will be no limit on which individual freedoms the state can take away in the name of the greater good tomorrow. Register today to use the NVIC Advocacy Portal at nvicadvocacy.org and take action in your state to protect civil liberties in this historic vaccine culture war that will determine whether we will live free or die as slaves in a collectivist, authoritarian state. Be the one who never has to say, you did not do today what you could have done to change tomorrow. It's your health, your family, your choice. And our mission continues. No forced vaccination, not in America. Before you take a risk, find out what it is. To learn more about vaccines, diseases, and the human right to inform consent, visit mvic.org, the website of the nonprofit charity, the National Vaccine Information Center. Since 1982, MVIC has worked to prevent vaccine injuries and deaths through public education and to secure informed consent protections in U.S. vaccine policies and laws. Visit mbic.org and mbicadvocacy.org to get well-referenced vaccine information that you can trust and share with your family, friends, and members of your community. It's your health, your family, your choice.